You're listening to a sermon of Meadowbrook Church in Ocala, Florida. For more media resources, visit us online at www.nbcocala.com. All right, we're continuing on a series entitled Real Life. Anybody live in real life? I mean, a real life uh, has some twists and turns to it sometimes. Some bumps, bridges are out, that kind of thing. Yesterday, did any of y'all get any crazy weather near you? Yeah, I was taking the kids to school and uh, neighborhood next to us, tree was down, blocking everybody in the neighborhood from from getting out. You know, that could mess up your morning or that could actually make your morning. <laughs> well, not going to work, you know. And, um, you know, life is crisis and process. It really is till we get to heaven. And then crisis is over. And process is over. Hallelujah. Uh, but life, it, it just has challenges. It has things. How many of you are dealing with allergies? How many of you know there will be the most incredible flowers you've ever seen in heaven, but there will not be pollen? In Jesus' name. Or if there is, it won't bug you with your, with your glorified nostrils. <clears throat> Amen. All that being said, and those are light things, really, a tree falling and pollen and that kind of thing. Uh, People are dealing with some tough stuff. And uh, I just have in my heart to share with you, this is something that my adaptation of Romans 8, 28, everything always works out for me. Go ahead and say it. Everything always works out for me. The devil hates when you say that in the midst of your, your little situation that comes up and you'll just remind yourself of that i was well i was i still am a batman fan and the the batman i grew up with and he had you know whatever he needed was right there on his belt shark repellent got it you know parachute got it you know it's just right right there but you need to have on your bat belt so to speak certain weapons of the word that you bring up and one of them is you you let yourself know the devil know everybody else know and you're trusting god that everything always works out for me and get a hold of that and you watch and, and God will be faithful. And I believe there'll be a time in your near future where you'll look back and, and to the place that you are now or, or whatever situation you're in and go, he did it. He did it. And God, God will work it out for you. Amen. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the, the Lord, the Lord delivers him out of one third of them, all of them. Amen. Well, we've been talking about anger and for the sake of time, um, I I don't have time to go back and review. This is our third week. We're talking about real life issues. Um, Sometimes when you gather together at church, we just want to talk about, you know, happy and holy things. Um, But we have to talk about real life issues. And that's the purpose of this series. If you'll read the the New Testament, which I'm I'm working on a little plan. I'm going to I'm going to set this up here probably in the summer where we're all going to read individually. We're going to read the new Testament in a month. I want to get you in the word and I want to get every, and it's an easy do. I'm telling you what, it's a short book. Some of y'all go to Starbucks or, you know, with books this thick, you know, and, uh, but it's an easy do and it's, it's God's word to us. But the instruction that we receive in the new Testament con, is concerning these real life issues. And they have much to say about many of the things we go through that we don't really want to talk about as believers because we feel like, you know, I shouldn't be dealing with that. And the reality is we're all dealing with these things at different levels. And so um, 
we want to get instruction from the word of God so that we can deal with this, this issue of anger. I really encourage you go back and look at the last two weeks. We have it archived on the internet where you can watch it. It's a podcast. We have notes, we have CDs, uh, catch me in the hall. I'll tell it all to you again. You know, uh, this is just important stuff. So anger in James chapter one, verse 20 in the new living translation, it says human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. I'm going to read that again. So Terry, if you'll leave that up, look, look at these words. Now human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. The Amplified Bible adds this, that God desires and requires. So here's my question for you as we start out tonight. If anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires and requires, listen to me, then what does it produce? It produces an opposite effect. It produces something unrighteous. It produces something that's not pleasing to God. It produces, and and let me tell you why it's not pleasing to God, because it's destructive. Anger is destructive. Even if you never express your anger out to somebody, you hurt yourself. It affects you inwardly so often. So we've been talking about this for a couple of weeks, but it's destructive. Uh, Remember that anger is one letter short of danger. We talked in the first week about some, some righteous indignation and sometimes something will make you angry and it will cause you to produce something good. Uh, mad <clears throat> mothers against drunk driving, you know, things like that, 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 you know, based out of something that would make you mad, make you angry that you, you pursue something, you do something that's worthwhile, that's productive, that has a righteous redemptive value to it. But we have to be careful, uh, that we don't just label anything as this is righteous and justifiable. Typically, anger is, is a, a problem and it's destructive and it is one, one letter short of danger. In Psalm 37 verse 8, it says this, cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. There's three levels of anger there. Cease from anger do, and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only causes what? It only causes harm. So let's move on here to Ephesians chapter 4 verse 26 And 27, I'm again reading in the New Living Translation. It says this, and don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. Now, I could talk for weeks on this verse, just breaking this verse up. But I'm going to read it to you one more time. And do not sin by letting anger control you. You will get angry. Things will make you angry. I'll, I'll, I'll tell on myself here in a few moments here. But some things will make you angry, but do not sin. You know, to get angry is not sin. To stay angry is sin. And also if you stay angry, uh, it's more flesh and less spirit. And you're headed right into sin. And it's destructive and it only causes harm as as we read. But don't let sin... Uh, Don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. It means you need to resolve that. You need to let go of that. You don't want to keep that overnight. And maybe uh, sometimes you're out to eat at a restaurant and uh, you don't eat everything. And they come and say, would you like a box for that? And we're so guilty of um, when we take it home, we forget about it. And then we find it later. (laughs) You know? 
but if we're traveling and let's say we ate at a seafood place, we say, yeah, we'll pass on getting the box to take that home. You, you with me? Because some things are not good kept for a while. And anger is not good kept overnight. And you need to resolve that. Even though you may not get the whole situation resolved, you may not get reconciliation all the way around. You need need to make sure that you don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. Now look at verse 27 here. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. Let me just put it to you this way. The devil loves, he loves it when you get angry. And I'll tell you why in a moment here. He loves it when you get angry. Because he can accomplish so much more. Because when you're angry, you are so cooperative. Aren't you? What if the devil walked in the room, husbands and wives, let's just talk this out for a second. What if the devil walked in the room to a a husband and said, hurt your wife's feelings. Come on, say something, hurt her feelings. And then go over and break that precious plate that's on the mantle. Do that. And then scream real loud and upset the kids. And if the dog comes around, kick him. You would say, get out of here, you foul devil. Get out of here in Jesus' name. Because we see that's stupid, that's, that's rude, that's destructive. That's hurtful. And the devil's, you know, trying to get you to cooperate and you won't do it. But you know what, if you get angry... You'll do all that and more. What if you're driving along and the devil said, drive really fast and change lanes and honk horns and gesture at people. I'm not doing that. But you know what? You get angry, you'll cooperate. You'll say, devil, I got this one. You know, you'll come up with stuff on your own. So the devil loves it when you get angry. If for no other reason, then we need to conquer anger. Because we do not want to cooperate with the enemy of our soul, the enemy of our family, the enemy of our children, the enemy of our life, the enemy of, our, of everything. We do not want to cooperate with him. Can I get an amen out of somebody here tonight? Now, let me take a, a few moments. This is a deep subject. I'm just going to address it for a moment and then we're going to move on to something about this tonight. Um, I, I've run into people for years that are angry with God. And so I want to address it just for a moment. I can't go into everything on that, but I think this is enough that will, will help us a little bit tonight. Typically when I talk to somebody or hear of somebody that is angry with God, it's because they've lost something, um, or there's something they don't understand about a situation and they now have uh, directed their anger toward God. And some people will stay angry at God so much so that they'll avoid his house, his people, his family, his book, you know, avoid all kinds of things. And so, um, this is the thing about anger with God. A couple of things here. First of all, God can handle it. Sometimes in, in grief, people will, will, be angry toward God. They're just, they're trying to come to terms with things. And, you know, they've had loss, they've had tragedy, they've had trauma, and they'll cry out against God. You know, they're angry toward God. 
Um, and you know, and I don't get too upset about that. You know, if I'm, if I'm helping somebody along that line, cause I know that they'll come around to that. Hopefully that they'll come around to that. But this is the thing that we have, we've got to understand God can handle that. But the bad part is it will hinder you. If you stay angry at God, first of all, you're totally misunderstanding something and it will hinder you. I would caution you to avoid anger toward God. I would caution you to do that. And if you have it, to resolve it quickly. I think it'd be good to always stay on the good side of God. It's just my personal opinion. Always stay on the good side of God. I would never speak against God. I would never talk against God. There may be some things we don't see, we don't understand, but you're talking about God here. Do you understand that? And, and I wouldn't be accusing him. I wouldn't be speaking ill of him. Uh, look at his character. Look at his purposes. Look at his track record. Look at his intentions. You'll see that he's just. And not only is he just and true, he's just and true in all his ways. And he's good and he does good and he's loving and it expresses and manifests that love. And uh, we may not understand some things that go on, but I'm telling you what, look at his character, look at his nature, look at his track record. Look at people who have a real joy and peace in life. Their life has not been perfect. The people I find that have the greatest joy and the greatest peace in life, it is rich and it is earned not by themselves, but I mean, God paid a dear price. They've gone through stuff. That's a, a rich and deep peace and joy. You know, we don't have that because everything's gone great in our life. No, it's because we've learned a connection with heaven. We've learned a connection with a holy God and a holy spirit to help us and, and abide in us and help us in, in life. Y'all hear? The other thing you need to know concerning this is God is not your problem. Let me give you just one verse. John 10, 10 for the thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I, Jesus have come that you may have life and that more abundantly, the amplified Bible that you may have and enjoy life to the full till it overflows. So God is not your problem. The thief steals kills, destroys. You know, there were even religious leaders in our own country after 9-11 that said that was God that crashed planes into the Twin Towers. Look at it for 10 seconds. Somebody stole some planes. Steal. 3,000 people killed. Buildings destroyed. Well, who does that? I said, that's the devil. That's the devil. Steal, kill, destroy. And I thought, you guys need to be quiet and read your Bibles. And, and find out who's who. But the devil, bad. God, good. You got that? All right. And at some point, you must just trust him. At some point, you humble yourself and say, okay, God, I don't. I don't see everything. And I thought this was that and that, and I don't understand that your vantage point is higher than mine. Um, maybe you'll explain it to me in this life, but for sure you'll explain it to me in heaven. But who are we to go around demanding explanation from a holy creator, redeemer, God, Job misplaced anger. And he later repented of it. 
David one time accused God. He said, I said in my haste that you don't even see me. And then he came back and he said, but I know that you see and hear me. He said that in his haste. And sometimes we do that. But here's, here's the thing. I would caution you, don't get angry toward God. And if you do, you need to resolve that quickly. Sit down and have a talk with him. Sit down and talk with somebody who's had a little bit of experience and gone through some things. And they've got some peace and joy with God. And, and get, that out of, get that out of your life. At some point, you just trust God. You're going to have to trust God and humble yourself before him. Amen? Amen? All right. Now, I want to talk about avoiding anger. And I'm going to give you one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, five things real quick. We're not going to take a lot of time on this. These are tools that you can take. I could probably just name them to you and you could take them and run and work with this. But I want, I want to uh, develop this a little bit. But if, if human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires or requires, and if the devil loves it when we get angry, and he loves it because we get so cooperative with him and because it causes harm and, and it's destructive. You know, anger will cause you to shut off good things. You breathe different. Your body starts secreting things that should not secrete adrenaline and different acids and different things are going on. Chemicals. Are, uh, you, you lose your rationale. You'll go try to fight a rhino. Just because you're mad, you know, and, and, and things get shut off and turned around, you know, so we should avoid anger. So here's the first thing, and I'm just going to call it here, fresh start, fresh start, you could say start right. And, and I'm talking about how you start your day. Now I've shared with you previously that anger is a secondary emotion. Now, first of all, anger is a feeling. It's an emotion. Okay. It's a force though. And anger is typically a secondary emotion. It means something else is already going on. So if somebody gripes at you in the grocery store, they already had something going on. You with me? Um, a lot of times people that get in a fight with somebody or, or, or whatever, they already had something else going on. So anger is a secondary emotion. So what you need to do is you need to wipe the slate clean often. And I think the, the obvious pattern for God is sundown, sunrise. Don't go to bed angry and then his mercies are new every morning. And that's your fresh start. And the psalmist said, early will I seek you. The Hebrew actually means first will I seek you. And so I think you need a fresh start. And so if you're worrying, which is, it, which is the, the girlfriend of anger, what do you mean? Anger is very attracted to worry. When you're worrying, you are very quick to be angry. Come on. When you're worrying about something, somebody else, just, just give me a minute, you know, and you're, you're worrying about something. There are a lot of, you know, a lot going on there. But since it's a secondary emotion, start with a clean slate, release these other things, get these things resolved. The things you're worrying about, the things you're afraid about, the things that are bothering you, the thing, unresolved anger. You need to, uh, as you end the day, how many of you have heard me say first and final 15? Start your day right, end your day right. And 15 is a minimum, okay? You know, you'll find that once you get in that, that's not enough. But how you start your day and how you end your day, it's incredible how you're going to hem that in, in in a proper way. Now, 
So start your day out and get these things, get these things settled. Cast your cares on the Lord. Hear what he says. Pray about these things. Stop worrying about these things. Get all of those things settled so that you have that fresh start. If you've got that fresh start and you've got your worry tucked away, instead of worrying, you've prayed, you've thanked God. Instead of this, you've got that sorted out. Instead of this, you've forgiven, you've forgiven that person. Then you don't have the foundation set then. The primary foundation for secondary emotion. See what I'm saying? There's not something for anger to stand on. So that's why we've got to be clean. I'm trying to say that right. Are you hearing me? See, if I've got worry out and unforgiveness and other anger, if I've got those things out of the way, then anger doesn't, as a secondary emotion, doesn't have anything to stand on. So I'll be much more patient. You'll be much more patient. You know, if you've just had time with God and the thing that you were worrying about and fearful of and and upset about, and you've already got that settled with God and with his word, and you know that he's helping you, you know, you'll actually be patient. You'll be at peace. You'll be able to handle some things that otherwise I'll tell you with me. Fresh start. Second thing. Be ready. How many of you know things are going to try to come to make you angry? Well, let me tell y'all. Things are going to come to try to make you angry. And they're not always a part of some conspiracy. Sometimes it's just life. Y'all. Sometimes it's just life. I mean, you're in a hurry to go somewhere and you, you walk through the laundry room and puppy has oh, puppy. Now, don't stand there and grab your dog and rebuke the devil out of your dog. Y'all, y'all with me? There's just some stuff that happens. And that's a natural thing. But you've got to be ready. And, and let me put it this way. Catch it early. See it coming. Be on alert. Know what your buttons are. Know what your buttons are. I, I took my 11-year-old uh, son, Gabriel, last night to... I promised him for a long time and I had to make good on this. I took him to an Orlando Magic basketball game last night. Oh, we had a blast. And it was just, just he and I and it had a blast. And we're on the way home. We're on the turnpike. And um, he... He was talking to me and, and then he just kind of fell asleep, you know, and because we're driving home late at night and just a wonderful time. And all of a sudden I see these lights flashing, somebody flashing their brights. Not, not at me. And, and that was, okay. <laughs> but I, I'm in the right lane and there's a car that's kind of on my shoulder and it's behind them and flashing their lights at them and they're getting right on them. And we're on the turnpike. And flashing their lights and then leaving their lights bright. And it wasn't even me they were messing with. But I'm thinking, where's my chaplain's badge? You know? Chaplain's <laughs> has no power. But, um, I mean, it just bothered me. And, and you know what, though? I, I thought, and then the guy that, that is getting flashed at decides, I'll show you. So he kind of, I'm, I'm driving here. So he just kind of got there where the guy could go nowhere. So I speed up a little, he speeds up a little bit. And I go, I don't want to play. I want to go home. 
But you know, that kind of thing, and you, you just see it, you could see it coming. And, I, and I'll tell on myself, years and years ago, one time somebody behind me flashed their, their brights, so you know what I did? It made me mad. I pulled over, and then when they went past, I got behind them and did brights on them. <laughs> Alicia's going, you're a man of God, you're a pastor, you're a... Years ago, I want to say, I'm defending my family from bright lights. Here's my point. You know your buttons. You know your buttons. And, and if you'll have a fresh start and you'll be ready, just, I'm ready. I know. And sometimes you go to work or some of you even live with folks that do some things. Just be ready. Just know I'm not, not today. No, no, not today. And just be ready. Am I talking to anybody? Okay. All right. Now here's the other one. Delay. Delay. Take your time. You've heard it said, count to 10. I say 184. Okay. Take your time. Remember that this is a, it's an emotion. It's a surge. It's a feeling. And you've trained yourself. You're in a habit now of acting on it. As soon as you feel angry, we're going to act on it. I'm going to say something. I'm going to do this. <clears throat> you know, we're, we're going to do something. Come on. And how many of you were good at it? We've done it all our life. We're good at it. And don't condemn yourself for that. Let's just, let's start, let's start changing this a little bit. Let's learn to delay. Let's learn to slow down a little bit. And it's not just a matter of, of counting. It's a matter of calming. It's just calming and cooling yourself. I, I shared with you in the first week that the, the words for anger, the levels of anger actually have to do with levels of heat. And you go from a spark ignited to simmering, to boiling, to flaming, to just a blaze. And what you're trying to do is calm yourself and cool yourself and be slow to anger. God is slow to anger. We have plenty of scripture on that. And, and guess what? God is slow to anger and he has way more to be angry about than you do. Amen. I mean, God has plenty to be angry about. I know I've told you and told you recently, but if I were God and I'm sitting down in the, and it said, turn on the news. Let's see what's going on in the world. Dude, I'd zap the world before dinner was over. You know, it's just, it's like, are you kidding me? You know, if I were God. I ask you this every time. How many of you are glad I'm not God? And I'm glad you're not God, okay? I'm glad he's God. And I'm glad that he's slow to anger. Let me read you some verses here real quick. Proverbs 15, 18. A wrathful man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger allays contention or actually outlasts that, that anger. Proverbs sixteen thirty two. He who is slow to anger... Is better than the mighty. And he who rules his spirit has self-control than he who takes a city. Proverbs 19.11. The discretion of a man makes him slow to anger. And his glory is to overlook a transgression. That word discretion, the discretion of a man makes him slow to anger. It means prudence, insight, understanding. And it implies that he can see something. He can see something. And if you can see, if you'll slow down enough, you know what? If I get angry, I can see what this will do. 
I can see where this will take this situation or relationship or whatever. So it's the prudence, the discretion of a man makes him slow to anger and his glory is to overlook a transgression. Proverbs 29, 11 in the Amplified Bible. A self-confident fool utters all his anger. Leave that up there for a moment. Everybody look at that. A self-confident fool utters all his anger. Listen to me, don't be one of those people at the gas pumps or at the coffee shop or whatever that you want to tell everybody what all you're mad about. Well, the tea party this, well, the president that, well, the this, the that, the this, the that. A self-confident fool utters all his anger. But a wise man, say that's me, a wise man holds it back. And stills it. A wise man holds it back and stills it. And that means you're going to have to take your time. You're going to have to delay. And then one other one here. James chapter 1 verse 19 and 20 in the New Living. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen. Slow to speak. And slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So we're going to be quick to listen. We're going to be slow to what? To speak. And we're going to be slow to get angry. You've got to be slow to speak because let me tell you this. Anger always distorts communication. Anger always distorts communication. Even if only one of you is angry. If, if there's two people and one is angry and the other one's not. The person that's not angry can say something very sweet. To the angry one. Well, what do you mean by that? (laughs) That I love you and dinner's ready. (laughs) So what are you saying? (laughs) Y'all hear me? (laughs) Anger distorts communication. And then that's why you got to be quick to hear. All right. I'm hearing what they're saying. Slow to speak. Proverbs 15. One, a soft answer turns away wrath. Harsh words stir up anger. Slow to speak and slow to get angry, slow to get angry. You know, some people, it's like they've got six shooters on, you know, they're, they're some goofy cowboy. As soon as anything happens, that's why Barney Fife had one bullet, had to keep it in a pocket and the pocket had a button because Andy knew. Barney, we got to slow you down. Look at me. Let me call you a pet name, okay? Barney, we've got to slow you down. We've got to slow down. Listen, and this is not a house of condemnation. This is such a common problem. And we've been trained and we've practiced, you know. Don't condemn yourself. Let's just start, let's start to change this. And now I'll go to some things here real quick that will help you. All right, so we got fresh start. Be ready. Delay, take your time, calm it down. And then here's FIQ. Fix it quick. Fix it quick. Everybody say that. Fix it quick. As soon as you realize, oh no, I've blown it. Repent. Everybody say repent. Repair. And resolve. Okay. You repent to God. 
You repent to God. Father, I blew it. This does not please you. Pastor Tim warned me about this. You repent to God. You repent. You, this was wrong. This is sin. I repent. I renounce it. Then you repair. Because typically, you know, you've said something. You've done something. You've acted in such a way. You need to be quick to repair that as best you can. And then resolve. And here's the resolve part. And don't get cynical about the resolve part. Resolve that I'm not going to do this again. Even if this is the 1,000th time. You need to resolve again. I am not. I'm not going to go this way again. God help me. I'm not going to go this way again. So fix it quick. Repent. Repair. Resolve. And I got one last thing we're going to do tonight. And that is this. Stay proactive. Okay. So the first part of this is kind of avoiding it. You're avoiding it by a fresh start. By being ready. By delaying. And now if we do mess up. Fix it quick, repent, repair, resolve. And then we've got to be proactive. We've got to be proactive as part of this and proactive as part of this. And by that, I mean this. The more proactive you will be, the less reactive you will be. The more proactive you'll be about this, the less reactive. And see, it's reactivity that is causing our problems because we're reacting to things. Guess what you and I are possessors of? Responsibility. We have the ability to respond. But we typically, just because we, the way we've allowed ourselves to get, we react. We have a reactability instead of a responsibility. And the more proactive we will get, the less reactive we'll get. I'll just list these out real quick and then I'm going to finish up. Pastor, uh, Tommy, if you come. Renew your mind. This is some proactive things. Renew your mind. Psalm 119 verse 165 says this. Hear me on this. Great peace. Everybody say great peace. Great peace peace have those who love your word or your law. And nothing shall by any means cause them to stumble or fall. So the more word that we have in us. Listen, this is not just about religious duty. I've got to read the Bible. No, the more that you uh, partake of the word and are nourished by the word, you'll have great peace, which takes away that foundation for anger to be a secondary emotion to. And nothing will cause you to be upset or offended or stumble. The more word you've got to renew your mind and fill yourself, feed yourself with the good word of God. It's going to produce a great peace in you and the things that would otherwise irritate you, make you angry. It's not going to do it. The word of God has that kind of effect. That's your prescription for the night. Let me give you a couple other things just real quick. If need be, seek counsel. If you call our care department, find a good Christian friend, talk it out with somebody, talk it out with God as well, but get counsel, be proactive if this is a problem with your life. Change patterns, be aware of your patterns and change patterns. Also, and this is probably the biggest one, and I'm just going to finish with this. Submit your anger issues to God, submit them to God and, and look at me and he can, and he will help you. Church, look at me just for a minute here. There's nothing that God cannot help you with. There's nothing that God cannot help you with. 
And that's not just a problem or situation, you know, but it's also issues that you have, habits that we have, ways that we've allowed ourselves to become or situations of life. You know, sometimes we want to excuse why we would be angry. Let me go back to the top again. Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires or requires. And the devil, the devil loves it when you get angry because you are so cooperative with him. And I want to go back to that one idea. If the devil himself walked in the room and said, go hurt your spouse, go hurt your children, go break that precious thing, go drive crazy, go pick a fight. You wouldn't do it. But when you get angry, you get over into that place. You know what? You cooperate. You're looking for more things to do. And then later you feel extra, 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 extra bad about it. And so what we've got to do, we've got to get this out of our life. Let's submit this to God. Submit this to God. And he can and he will help you. And for, for some of us, it won't happen that tomorrow you're all good. It took you a while to get here, didn't it? It's going gonna, it's gonna to take you a while, but let's get into this. Let's get into this. Apply these things. And the Holy Spirit himself will be our helper. Amen. Did you get anything at all out of this tonight?